Success, we are on. Welcome back to season two of the From Mess to Success podcast, a podcast where we discover, explore and unpick people's From Mess to Success stories. I'm your host, Justin, founder of From Mess to Success Coaching, author of You're Fired, You're Hired, and I'm on a mission to share stories from people who have moved from their version of mess to their version of success, transforming their lives along the way. And today we are joined by the legend that is George Schwartz, AKA Pretty Boy George from the boxing community. George, yes mate, welcome to the show. How are you? How are you doing Justin, you all right? Yeah, good mate, good to have you on. Yeah, happy to be on, happy to be on and share my, my story. Yeah, so just to give the sort of listeners a bit of a bit of context and a bit of background, me and you met. Um, I think it was like around October time, right? And yeah, um, we met on in Hyde Park, and we started talking. And I was like, "Wow, you know, this is you know." You started sharing a little bit of elements of uh, of of where you're at what you the, the journey that you you've been on and i was like whoa you know this is this is a story that needs to be told you know and i felt really 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 come away from our, our conversation thinking i need to get george on the show because there's it's you know it's it's something that you you're in the, all the middle stages of sort of transforming your life and there was what i felt george was there was so many elements to it there was like you know obviously this the um the setting up of a of of, of your mum's charity there was the boxing connection there was this mission to give back that you were talking about there was obviously all the sort of alcohol free stuff there was vegan stuff then i was like wow this guy's just like he's in it he's changing his life he's living it from you know from a pretty dark place of what you were talking about and i was like whoa you know let's let let's let's do this so uh yeah and here we are like three months later yeah, uh, definitely. We were definitely connecting on that day. And uh, obviously, we had so many similarities, like with the boxing and stuff, and that obviously being alcohol free. Uh, yeah, we did make a good connection. And yeah, no, I'm happy to be here to to, to express um, where I've been, really. Yeah, yeah. And, and so, you know, it, as I said, it, it's been a bumpy one. Um, how would you sort of, I think a good starting point is how would you describe from where you were? you know a year ago to where you are now because i said you know what most people come on the show they've they've been on this whole real long 10 five year journey and i think with you it's like actually things have moved really really quickly and and you you seem to be in a completely different place to where you are a year ago to where you are now yeah so i wouldn't even say a year ago to be honest with you um the best way to explain my thing, and it's very short and very simple and very direct, is I would say the last eight months, because eight months ago, simple as this, I didn't want to be alive. Today, wow. I live forever. Hmm. That, is, that is the difference of me making these changes in my life and me being at a stage in my life where I didn't want to be alive. Not that I wanted to kill myself, I just didn't want to, Put the effort in to live. Mm. I would, I would have been happy if it was, if it was all taken away because it was so hard to live. Now, I never ever, I, I can't. I want to live forever. 
I want I want to be on this earth giving back forever. So that's and, and the sort of just to sort of put that into context, the run up to that point of you know you feeling that way was 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 what what was the what was the key sort of just leading um, to that point. Yeah, because before we go back and we speak later on about where it all yeah. started from, um, basically I had been sober previously, so I was fully aware of 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 where I can get to being sober. And during say a year ago, two so, so within a four month period, I was floating back and forwards with trying to get sober again, mm. and. In that time, I was going through a breakup from a relationship that became very toxic. Um, I was also dealing with, I was off work with mental health issues. Um, So I was struggling with work. Um, I was struggling with with demons of um, child sexual abuse. Um, So all of these things were floating back and forwards and in that time, I was the, the usual cycle that we do. We go out, we go and have a drink. Then it leads to some drugs. Then it leads to days in bed, feeling sorry for yourself and this and that. And it was just a revolving cycle that I could feel it getting back. But I was aware that I was in that place because I'd already gotten out of that place. Mm. So I was aware of it. And I was getting to a point where I need to make – it's – now or never, I need to make this change because I could. I was putting everything at risk. I was putting my health at risk. I was putting my sexual health at risk. I was. I was taking drugs that I would never even think about taking. Mm-hmm. And and I've got. I've got a child. I've got family that love me dearly, and all these people counting on me. And I had to make the change and. I went back to AA for one day just to like reignite that and see what people will go through, reignite how people have changed their lives, see what people have done. And then from that day, I just knuckled down and got straight back onto it. And, and was there a sort of, you know, that, that build up to that point and that turning point, was there, was there a sort of, catalyst moment you know obviously your son and stuff but was there a what was that what was that moment when you said you know no more something's got got to give here what was that turning point to be honest with you it was after a weekend or a night of like drink and drugs and then it was like a saturday so then following on the sunday I normally go and watch my son play football. Yeah. And I've not had hardly any sleep and I'm getting up to drive to go and, and see my son play 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 football. And I'm feeling, you know, like that 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 depressive feeling after yeah. a night out. And I'm driving along the motorway, crying my eyes out, yeah. calling my sister, calling my best friend, saying I don't want to be here right now. Yeah. I, I I could just like basically pull off into the verge uh, on my way to watch him play football. Just tears, 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 tears. Finally got to the football, came back, slept that 
got back and just, you know, like you're just so knackered and just drained, slept through to the Monday on that Monday evening, went to an AA meeting. And because I was like, obviously I've got good support with my friends. I've got good support with my family. Like I'm very open with them. Um, they know everything that's gone on in my life. Um, and my sister, who I was speaking to at the time, she is probably being my like next of kin to other than my mum, yeah. who, who I speak to. And um, like obviously she's being a bit harsh that George, you got to sort this out, but also very understanding. And like I said, I went to that AA, I said, look, I'm going to go to this AA meeting. And from that day, it was just like a switch. Just, hmm. I, I went back. I started doing it for myself. Yeah. Before I I stopped drinking for someone else. This time I was stopping for myself, and that's why I feel so powerful this time around. Yeah, it's um, it's it seems like a, like a similar to a Tyson Fury story, right? If you put it into boxing context, are you? I think you've got from where you know when I look at people's like okay life transformation mess success stories you've got this kind of you've got either there's two ways of of this happening it's either like as I said it's really slow and it's over a long drip 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 period that things just don't feel right in your life or you just filter out things you know maybe it's uh, you know going alcohol free maybe it's giving up other bad lifestyle behaviors then it's kind of you know changing relationship with food and there's that way and then there's the other way which is having a colossal sort of rock bottom moment um and you know and i i think um you know to, in terms of like to your case it is that rock bottom moment but then the crash is huge like you know you're you can't, you know, you you you're thinking it's all over. You've and then, but the rise is also huge. And if you look at what you've, you know, because you know people and I might be listening and go, "Wow, hold on a minute, how come you were there?" And then in like eight ten months, you're, you know, you've had. I think it's five fights you've had, isn't it? You've set up charities. You're going to be building. You know, you you're going to be creating community hubs for children. How do you achieve all that in? So um, it's almost like it's lit a fire under you. Do, do you know what I mean? Yeah, hundred percent, hundred percent. It has it has given me motivation to 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 give back and be out there for people that could possibly go through the same things that I've been going through, and to stop them getting to the point that I got to. Um, mm-hmm. And obviously, like from like I said, from eight months ago, that was like there was a dip around that section. So within that time, but before that was my real rock bottom where I really hit rock bottom. Just before my mum died, there there was, in 2018, was my real rock bottom. Yeah. But I got sober for two to two to two and a half years from that point. But within that point, I was, I I was doing it for someone else. So when, that's, when that relationship broke up, I went back. Because, because right. I thought I've stopped. I stopped drinking for you, like so I could be with you. I don't. I can. I could drink now. Why can't I drink now? And I started soon to drink again. And I'm like, okay, maybe there you have got a problem, George. So, so yeah. So and, yeah, like my and, I lost my I lost my job. I got done for drink driving. 
And this is around, and just just for the context of the, of the listeners, this is a, this is this period where your mum your mum was diagnosed as having cancer around 2018, yeah. and then she sadly passed in 2020. So this is around this whole two year journey where you're yeah. you're giving up alcohol, but you're doing it for someone else. You're in a you're in a toxic relationship. The wheels are coming off the bus. This is all around this time. Um, so this is like the first step, and then there's obviously what you're, what what you talked about, what we just talked about, which is that you know that eight months ago when it almost kind of again crashed, and then you've you know over the last sort of eight months has been this real upward turn to a better you. Yeah, a hundred percent. That is exactly it. The nail on the head. Um, yeah, all from 2018, it it all went down. 2019, I started to rise. Um, and then obviously from 2020, when my mum died, there was a big void. Um, and then 21, it, it, I broke, uh, I had my breakup and I went back to alcohol and that's when I started to, started to make changes basically. Yeah. 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 Okay. All right. So, and just for context, the boxing part, um, you're obviously now, you know, you're, you're making real great moves in the boxing community You've, you're having sort of a lot of fights through white collar boxing your you know your your socials are looking great is that was boxing was is boxing like a part of your journey throughout the whole way through this or is this kind of like yeah yeah so um so i actually signed up for my first ever fight in it was it must have been november or december 2018 i signed up right. for my fight. at this point I was still in my in my drinking, but I was trying. I was getting motivated at this point, and um, my fight was due for March March twenty something, um, twenty nineteen. Yeah. Um, my mum had just been diagnosed with cancer. Um, like I said, I was my mind was telling me, George, you need to sort your life out. I had I had no job. I've been a year. I've been a year with no job drink driving ban hmm. alcohol abuse that I was going through um I was I was doing stuff just to to make money that I shouldn't have been doing um and the opportunity for this fight came up uh, came about and I just I just watched my cousin do one of the fights on another event so I was like it 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 took my took my breath and and I was I was already doing a bit of training with a with a friend around the area just just very slight just some pad work just getting into it really and I signed up to this fight and I joined this uh, mixed martial arts gym in South London and going into 2019 I was getting focused and I just got back into my relationship. And so I'm like, yeah, I'm just gone past Christmas and we've gone out on a night out and we've come home and it's just fireworks. It's all gone wrong. Um, long story short, basically, um, under the influence, we had a big disagreement that's become like some like really like a domestic thing. It all went off at the house. Um, I ended up in hospital uh, um, um, with being hit over the head with a golf club. Yeah. And 
and um I then was the next like the next following day or the day after coming out of hospital, I was like begging my girlfriend to stay with me. And she was like, George, yeah, you need, you need to stop the drinking. Like, there's no way I'm gonna be with you if you carry on drinking. And then from that day, I went to AA and I'd done about 30 days. Yeah. But because I was never the drinker that drank every day, I wasn't someone, even when I did drink, when I was in my bad place, I was drinking every day. But I was, I've never been that person that wakes up and gets a bottle of vodka or a bottle of wine yeah. or anything. I, what they call the Jekyll and Hyde, where when I drink, I drink to an oblivion and I make mistakes that could end up changing my life forever. Like that, me getting hit by a golf club, yeah. I, could have, I could have died. Or I could have, there's been times in the past where I've done something like thrown a glass at someone because I'm drunk or yeah. just stupid things that, but ultimately can change your life forever. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, so I signed up to this fight. So then from that day I got, I got sober. So it was like this, maybe the 16th of Jan, 2019. Yeah. I got sober and I, and I've gone to my first, I've had my first fight in March. The day after my first fight, my mum was actually doing, um, having her pancreas, um, removed because she had pancreatic cancer. Right. Okay. So she came to my fight. So my mom's actually um, at my first fight. Um, she got I got them wow. a balcony and stuff. I had so many support. Yeah. Um, a lot of people seeing my size. I'm quite slim and never really know me to be a fighter or anything. Oh yeah, George. George ain't a fighter. Oh, I don't, I don't know uh, how we get on with this one. Like they all kind of ripped me off. My mom was scared of watching me. But I went through with it. I put the work in. I was training all the time because I wasn't really at work as well. I was just trying to find my new job, yeah. which I had done just before my first fight. I just got back into work and uh, I had my first fight. I won my fight. Um, my mum went and had an operation, which was successful at the time, um, the following day. And I had an interview for a new job the following day after my first fight, which is the job that I'm still in today. Wow. So. So yeah, um, that was how it led up to my first boxing fight. And um, I had a second fight, which was in July. My mum didn't come to that one. She was very ill with yeah. chemotherapy. And um, that was actually at the uh, famous York Hall. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I know. Well. And um, yeah, basically, I fought there with another guy that he had his first fight on this show. And it was this show's second event. And they, they brought in a belt and they made me and him fight for a belt, uh, which is this green one up here. Yeah. Um, and I um, I won that fight. It was a five-fight fight at York Hall, um, which was a very tough fight. The first two rounds, I I probably got battered. Uh, I don't know how I was still standing. Um, but with my my passion for, for, for it, um, fighting for my mum, there was a big reason why I was fighting. And I am quite a fit person. Um, I managed to win the last three rounds, I would say. And um, and I got the decision. Um, and then from then, my mum didn't want me to fight again. She was uh, she was like, no, George, you're not fighting. And so I obeyed my mum. And I then I stopped fighting from that point. Yeah. It, it, it sounds like it's fascinating because it sounds to me like around I mean there's a lot to unpick there but around that whole 
journey of you know the wheels coming off the bus in your relationship this huge then obviously you signing up for a fight and then your mum coming to your fight and then you getting a job and then it's kind of like there was it's such a sound such a roller coaster but it almost feels like i don't know the boxing was the start of you know channeling I don't know, this energy into something like this catalyst for change. I think, you know, because, I mean, we'll go on to talk about, you know, you're boxing at a sort of younger, how you got into it in the first place. But it almost sounds like, um, you know, it was the first time where you were putting all that, all that, whatever was going on in your life into something that was you know, going to sort of lead you on to this to, to a better path almost to where you are now, right? It's, I don't know, did did something go off inside you? You know, was it? Because they, I, I, you know, I talked about this recently, but with, with runners, they, you know, they often say that um, there's a lot of like ultra marathon runners and stuff. They, they turn their, they've been addicted to, to things. And then they've turned to ultra marathons and they're kind of like they've channeled that addiction, you know, and, and in, into sort of running and stuff. And there, there's always this um, people sort of this feel that there's a correlation between, you know, addiction and changing, uh, changing your life to, you know, move into sport or, or like in this case running. But it sounds like for me that that moment of you signing up for boxing was that then that sort of turning point in in terms of you know that change yeah um obviously i would say yeah having that focus on the boxing and then obviously winning and then going on to have another win that was definitely that was definitely a key key point and it was something that i enjoyed i i got and go to the gym i'm a fit person um but I don't, I don't enjoy lifting weights. I, I, I find it the most boring thing yeah. in the world. And with boxing, you're learning a skill, That's it. A, real, a real skill. And with that, you're learning discipline. With that, you're, you're, you're releasing all those, all that energy when you're hitting a bag or hitting somebody or hitting the pads. That moment, you could walk into there with the whole world on your shoulders. And by the time you walk out of the gym, you've got the biggest smile on your face because it does just transfer. You get rid of all that bad energy and and it does just release. And it and it it, it is, I, I can't be an advocate enough to say to everybody to what boxing brings to mental health. Well, this is it. This, and this is what Tyson Fury talks about, isn't it? I mean, he he openly says that he, he has to go to the gym every day. It's it's the, yeah. it's the release. It's the without it. It's um, you know, without it, he can't he can't function. And he's, I think, you know, with Tyson's case and like what what we're talking about now, it's okay to talk about boxing and mental health. Whereas, you know, back in history with boxing. Probably a lot of people, boxers, were, were doing that, but you didn't mention the mental health thing because you couldn't, right? Because it's yeah. like you can't mention mental health in the eighties if you're a heavyweight boxer and you're, you know, and you've got an opponent who would start, you know, saying, "Oh yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's got." He's just a lunatic or something. Yeah, he's, he's 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 a lunatic or something. Where now we live in a, a world in the near and now where you can you can talk about that correlation, and I think you know. 
Tyson Fury is 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 the 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 best example of that because his message has gone global and it's almost similar to what you're saying is you know it just it's such a disciplined workout it kind of you know it gives me without it it just helps me function and yeah it seems like it's really all this that discipline um you know because boxing i mean for those listening that you know don't understand boxing obviously the, the perception is it's aggressive sport people are punching each other but actually for anyone who knows boxing and the sport it, it's a sport it's an art it's a you know it's a craft it's i mean i think it's one of the best workouts you can you can ever do um and and that's um you know so in terms of like um the beginning of like of your story then george have you what, what did you were you in boxing at an early age or is it was it or you know i know you've always been fit um and you've always sort of done sports so how how was that sort of early that that journey into into sport and boxing yeah so um i was never into boxing i, I it always floated in my mind when i was young mm. but any ever mentioned it my mom <laughs> were like no 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 boxing for you because i think it's that stigma that people just think it's just an aggressive sport yeah and getting hurt but ultimately you're doing pad work you're hitting the bag no one's hitting you back um and you could do that for a whole career of learning boxing and never never spar i don't get me wrong i love sparring that's that's my favorite part about the training yeah um, but ultimately, you could do pad work, you could do thing, and you can become a great boxer um, without ever actually hitting somebody else. Um, but I grew up really playing football. Um, my dad was um, a semi-professional footballer. Um, he won the FA bars in like 1990. That's his like claim to fame. Um, but my dad was very busy with his own career while I was growing up. Right, but really, I would say I didn't really reap re- the benefits of, of of my father at that point. Um, where like my younger sister, my dad had completely finished playing football, so we put a lot of effort into my younger sister. And my little younger sister could have could have been until she turned sixteen, could have been an amazing footballer, probably even won the World Cup with England. But um, as a footballer. As a footballer, yeah, she was amazing. But boys and growing up and being called names, she decided to come out of it. But yeah, um, I I can I played football. I started playing Sunday league from like 2007, 2006. And I enjoyed it, don't get me wrong. And being with the boys and stuff like that, it was really fun. But one thing that I did notice and one thing that's with the change going to boxing is it's a team sport. Mm-hmm. And with teams, people let you down. Yeah. And the type of passionate person that I am, it really gets to me. If someone don't turn up and then they let you down and you put all the effort in or or your work is so hard and someone else isn't working so hard, and that can stop you from reaching a goal. Whereas just before boxing, I started getting into cycling. And I've done road cycling to from about 2013 to 2015. I really, I built my own bicycles. I've done two stages of what we call the Tour de France. Okay, cool. Uh, called the Attack. Um, and I went to the France and done these two stages. One was in the Pyrenees, which was two mountains, 100 miles, pissing down with rain. 
uh, 5,000 people never finished because the hyperthermia and stuff. Yeah. Bikes abandoned all the way down the mountain. My mate was a better cyclist than I was. I got cramped on the way up the mountain, so I stopped and told him to go ahead. And my mate stopped off and didn't get back on his bike. I couldn't finish. And my willpower, I got back on my bike after some nice French man. He uh, gave me some dates and some cream. I put it on my my cramp. I managed to just, I started going. I'm only up the first mountain at this point. And, um, and my, in my mind was catch my friends, find out where my friend is. And I used that all the way, getting to the end, to not to get to the end, to not know that he hadn't even finished. And that was one of the, my greatest achievements up until that date, um, other than having my son, um, to finish that tour, um, which was, like I said, there was 15,000 people, over 5,000 people never finished. So, and it was over eight and a half hours of cycling. Um, and then... I had to go back the following year because my friend never finished. He wanted to make sure he finished. So we went back the following year, but it was in the Alps this time. And it was four mountains, not two, over the same distance. And it was 35 degrees heat. Uh, complete, obviously, I was begging for the rain. Um, um, I did finish, but the time was like 11 and a half hours of cycling. Um, but yeah, and then I dipped off from that point, really. Um, but yeah, and then, like I said, then I dipped off. Boxing was never really on the horizon at that point. 2016, um, I got, I started to get very, very lazy with the gym. Stopped going. Yeah. Started, started paying more attention to the drink and stuff yeah. until, yeah. until, until 2018, where I started, where I started to, Floating with the boxing with the boxing for the first time with a friend who was a semi-professional boxer or amateur um, at some point, and I would just go and do pads with him, and we would do pads odd days, which I was probably from my point of view because he was training me for free. So from my point of view, I was kind of help trying to help him push him to to get business. So we would film our things, then he would promote it and to try and push him to get, and I'd be always in the, I was in the pub every day and I weren't working. I was like, he would show it to someone in the pub and he would then generate a client from that. Yeah. So that's how it, that's how I started floating into it. And then, like I said, I signed up to that first fight after watching my cousin and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do this. And the, the promoter that done the first shows I've done, he's a friend. So he, he has fought on another show and then started his own one. And it was all, most of the people that were on the show were all from the area. Yeah. So they were all local people. So it become a real, like a real, a real event, you know, because it was thinking from this flat, fighting this person and this person fighting that person. So it was really thing, and that's why I got into it. And I didn't fight someone I knew, but but yeah, from my point of view, he was bigger than me. Yeah, people they were like, "Wow, George, you're 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 in for a nice little treat here." But yeah, that got me into the boxing, and um, and yeah, I've, I've loved it ever since. Yeah. Loved it. It's it's almost like because you know the cycling, the cycling sounds quite extreme as well, right? So it's like it's almost like you've 
you've never done anything that's like deemed as average, right? I mean, the cycling, what the, 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 the cycling you just mentioned is, you know, most people can't do that, right? That's extreme in it itself, right? It's like that type of mileage, that type of terrain, that type of, that type of, uh, you know, um, um, pursuit, so to speak. But, and then, you know, from that, that's led into obviously boxing, which is in a way quite, you know it can be quite quite extreme um and yeah so it almost feels like you're you're kind of you're living this quite as i said like extreme you know this real roller coaster yeah i that's why a lot of people say to me george you're very you're very all or nothing you're very like um impulsive yeah Uh, when i get into something i fully go for it and I've done it at the end of last year because I've done a lot of running as well now. Um, But I've kind of got to see that focusing myself on stuff that's for me. Yeah. Rather than the team stuff. Not that team stuff is bad, but I've got to hold myself accountable. Yeah. If I don't win my fight and it's because I didn't go to training, that's my fault. Yeah. If If I lose my fight, and I've done all the training I can, then I've given it my all. And I, can, and I can't blame no one. Yeah. You know? And I don't want to blame anyone. But if I, if, if I go and do something and then someone else lets me down, then it's always that in your head that that person let yeah. me down. Yeah. With, with yeah. the sport that I'm doing now... It's, it's you versus you. Yeah, every yeah. time. So that is, that is the main thing that I've learned and the things that when I'm doing anything that I'm doing from now on is... Yeah. It's, it's 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 me pushing myself to bigger and greater things. And, and do, you yeah. think, do you think that you're this kind of all or nothing, George, will will always be the way? Or do you see yourself kind of levelling out a bit? What I mean by levelling out is not not the kind of, you know, because obviously, you know, all you could say, well, you know, all or nothing seems to work for me because look at what I've achieved in eight months, right? I've set up, you know, charities. I'm, I'm going to be running community hubs for children. I've won X amount of fights. I've done this. I've transformed my life. I've, I've gone, you know, I've, tried, I've gone vegan. I've given up alcohol. I've like, and that's kind of like, oh, wow, it's like you're all in. Do you, do you think that will continue or do you think you're on a sort of, you know, a journey now where that will just level out a bit? So, yeah, look, I feel stronger than ever that it's not going to be at a thing where it goes the other way. Mm-hmm. I've put so many things in place and changed so many things that it's not going to be something that is going to go the opposite way. Yes, I would like to level it out a bit just to get a bit more, a bit more calmness in my life. A bit stability, yeah. Yeah, a bit and I feel that it is kind of but I'm still I, the way that I look at 2022 was more of me clearing the foundation to mm-hmm. for 2023 to be the time when I start to rise like people will look at my life and say oh George you've already rose but for me it's been getting to my foundation clearing out all the things that are in the closet getting rid of all of those things and now and now having a good solid foundation to start to build on and and yeah like going vegan plant-based um not drinking um 
and uh, and doing the sports activities that I do, the running and the boxing um, and the cycling are all things that, from my point of view, which you would have seen on my Instagram and stuff and where I try to help and give back to people, I don't want I. I don't want to be out here to be a sober coach. I don't want to be out here to be to be a, a, a vegan coach. I want to be a mindset. I want to coach people on their mindset in the sense of if you change the way that you think and the way that you do things in your life, these little changes can make the biggest impression on yourself and in life. And like giving up the drinking, changing my diet and picking up the exercise are three major facts that makes me happy. I'm happy to be alive. I'm grateful for what I have. And by doing those things, it's giving back to me as well because I will have that longevity in my life because I'm doing the right things that are, I'm not going to eat a McDonald's burger and feel like crap. You know, I'm going to eat the fruit and feel good and flourish. Yeah. I'm going to yeah. do something release those endorphins and 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 get the mind going get the body going i'm not going to be drinking so i'm not going to be waking up with a hangover and running at 50 percent or even lower or mm-hmm. days later and going back on it again all those things are all the great recipe you know to to being happy what yeah. people that what people search for in life people search to be happy like you can't be sad when you're putting those things in your life. No matter what life throws at you, you will see you will see a you will see an outcome. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's really powerful, mate. I think that's really, really powerful. Yeah, it's this search for call it happiness, call it fulfillment. But if you're if you're doing the things that you're talking about, um, then you know, you're on a path to that fulfillment, right? If you're doing bad things you're on a destructive path if you're doing and that's only going one way i think we all know that um if you're on if you're doing the things that you're you know what you're saying is the exercise and the, and the diet and the you know and the giving back or you're only on a path to, to to the right way which is some form of happiness some form of fulfillment you don't have to have it all figured out you don't know it's not that I think we all know now there's not that sort of end destination, is there? There's not that winning line, but there is there is a path. Yeah, but that is one of the key things as well, because one thing with the boxing that is thing, I was setting myself short-term goals, and where I had my last five fights over the last year, like what Tyson Fury said, you've, you've had that build-up, especially if you're someone that's selling the amount of tickets that I've been selling. I've been selling 50-plus tickets every fight. Yeah. You had that build out your your training, you're pushing all these ticket sales, you're you're getting ready for this fight. The fight happens, and my main part of my fight is my walkout. That is the moment that I I remember my mum, that I think about my mum. I have a song that either reminds me about my mum or has some sort of link to my mum. And I come out there, and you have a six-minute fight, and it's over. Yeah. whether you win or lose, that fight's over. And even if you win, okay, a day, yeah, you've got all the pictures, the videos coming through and all of this, and the hype. Two days later, it is the biggest crash. Yeah. So I can yeah. really imagine Tyson Fury has had this life goal that he's actually achieved. And 
now he's gone to hit rock bottom because he's got nothing else to achieve at that point. Whereas with me, I was having these moments and every fight, I'm like, oh, I better sign up to another one because I need something, I need a goal. So I was doing that and I was like, but every time after a fight, I was like having this crash, having this crash. And I was scared because having those crashes is where it can lead you back down the wrong the well, wrong this, way. Yeah, I mean, this is it. And that's, for me, this is George. It's the all or nothing. It's the highs, the lows. And it's, you know, and it's the how do you how do you get that balance of, you know, of, of not having that almighty, you know, because obviously a lot of sportsmen, boxers in particular, sportsmen talk about this, that almighty, it's, it's that you know, that almighty high and then all musicians talk about it. Like they, they do a concert and, you know, they, they don't know what to do when they come off stage and they go back to the hotel room and, you know, you've just kind of stood in front of a hundred thousand people. And now you're in a hotel room on your own. It's like, what do I do? It's this remarkable high and low. And I think the, the, the challenge for, you know, is, is, is to try and get that kind of, you know, get that right, get that right balance, isn't it? By not feeling like, how do you not feel like that after that almighty high? That's a, that's a tough one. I, I don't know the answer because I haven't been it. So I, yeah. I, have, I think I have actually found the answer. Um, and obviously people put long and t- long t- short and long-term goals in, and that's what I've done, putting short and long-term goals. But my long-term goals are like impossible goals. So I will always be striving to reach that goal because I've set it for myself. And like I said, I'm an all or nothing person. So yeah. until I reach the goal, I'm never going to be fulfilled. And one of my long, the, my longest term goal that I've set myself is my charity. So my charity of what I want to achieve with my charity is not just a small, it's not a little thing. So I, I, it, it overwhelms me thinking about it and it does put me in a little bit of a rut because it is something massive that I want to achieve. So I know by the time I, I, if I ever do reach what I want to reach, it's going to be a long time away. And that journey, getting to that point is what, what life is about. And, and as long as I will, in, I will look back if I ever get to that point, and go, what a journey that was getting to this point. And it will be a long time in the future. And it doesn't have to be done tomorrow. Uh, it's all it's all a path to this method. And um, one of the things that I've, I've got a vision board and, one, and I've got like a pyramid kind of thing of pictures of what I want to, of what I want. And I've done this when I first went sober back about eight months ago, maybe further back than that, before I went sober, I made this vision board. Because my friends were like, yeah, George, you should have a vision board, this, that. So I started, I was like, oh, what do I put on there? So I printed out some pictures at work. And the, the main one was a picture of a head with a rainbow coming out of it, which symbolised my mental health. Hmm. And I put that at the top. Because without my mental health, I can't achieve anything. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that is that is that is the foundation to to me being George Schwartz, to me achieving any goals, for me giving back, for me create creating a legacy or anything, and for me to know my mum from upstairs is is looking down and she's proud of me. And underneath that pillar, I've got I've got a person 
standing around a desk of like an office. And that symbolizes running my own business, being a CEO or yeah. having my company. And then to the side of that is my own home. So having a home, I want my own home, but I don't want to die trying to get it. And it's not the most important thing right now, only my own home. Having my own mental health, creating my business, from my business, I can then I can then get my own home. And then from that, underneath that, I've got marriage, a, a picture of two people getting married, a picture of um, a baby scan, and a picture of my dream car. And then once I've got those, then I can add those things into it. Yeah. You know? And that's the way that I look at it. There's no point in me getting my mental health go and spend all my money on getting my dream car and not having all those other things because dream car is never going to do nothing for me. No, of course not. But if I I get my mental health, that would lead me to create my own business that I want to do because I don't want to work for someone else. From there, I can buy my own house that I can already have this and then bring someone else into my life. Then bringing someone else into my life, making a family and having that ultimate dream of having my dream car. Um, do you know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah. but I, I don't want to do it the opposite way around because if I get my mental health, get married, have a baby, is that going to deter me from having my dreams of having my own business, running my charity? Yeah. Like where, where is that going to lead me? And right now, what's more important is me creating that for myself, for my longevity, rather than skipping all those parts, getting to that part and then just waking up at 70 years old, yeah, maybe with a nice family and that, but going, oh, I didn't do that. Yeah. Why did I do that in my life? And that's what I want to do. That's what I want to do. And having those long-term goals and those aspirations in those orders, obviously some things might go to different, but I will try my hardest to stick to those and we'll go from there. That's really powerful, George. I'm to just, you know, it's just remarkable, mate. I'm, I'm super proud of you already. But I mean, at your, at your sort of where you're at and your age and what you've been through and wanting to this desire to give back, I think is is that's where the power lies. Because, you know, I think giving back can sometimes come a lot later for some people in, in life when they've, you know, when they've been on different paths to success on different journeys and, you know, I think your it's the Maxine Swartz Foundation, isn't it? Your mum's foundation. Yeah. The charity that you're passionate about, the charity that you've set up and that you're, you know, you're, you're trying to sort of get off the ground and, you know, get funding for and stuff. And I think that, that for me, is something really, really powerful because it, it starts with that. That's where it all starts is that desire to want to give back. It's, it's that desire to contribute in a, in a different way and to to do something, you know, different from the society norm, which is, you know, what you're, what you're saying in terms of your vision board is normally society norm is you, you it works the bottom of your vision board. You get the car, you get the, you get the, you get the house, you get the marriage, you get the business. And then all of a sudden you then got to go, Oh my God, that's a, that's a car crash. I've got to work on my mental health. You're doing it the opposite way, which is look, I've got to get, get me right. Cause if I'm right, then it's like, you know, everything else will, will follow. And I, I subscribe to that. Yeah, no, definitely. It's, it's, it's you know what I mean? It's, it's, it's even, you could just base it like on a car itself. You know, if you have a car, you have the nicest car in the world. If you put, if you put, um, 
chip oil in it. Is it? How's it going to run? It's not going to run well, is it? Yeah. So, having that, I've got oil myself first. I've got to get my, I've got to get me to the best of my ability without any of the distractions of, of our, of our social lifestyles yeah. that we have in life. And, and that is my key thing that I am trying to erase that ego, erase those addictions. Mm. I, I, I'm trying to fit in with how this person, I've been someone that's, I remember I had my first job. My first job, I was working in a fruit and veg shop at 13 years old. I would go after school, help them pack away for five pound a day, but five pound a day, um, for weeks, £25 a week, over a month, that's £100. I'll go and buy my next £100 trainers. Yeah. So I was doing all that to go and buy my trainers. And it's like, you can only wear so many pairs of trainers. You can only wear so many clothes. You can only yeah. have so many cars. You can only have all of these things. And those don't give you fulfillment in life. No. They are little, they are a little, a little spike. It's like a coffee hit or an espresso hit. It gives you that little bit of energy yeah. and then die off again. Yeah. Where giving back to people, knowing that you are helping somebody out, um, putting time or money into into like creating something that people is going to aspire to or help or help others to putting time and money into your own health, which is going to lift yourself, are what is going to make you happy ultimately yeah absolutely absolutely and what does what does sort of giving back look like for you george i mean obviously you know you're talking about starting with yourself and then getting yourself right but you've also got you know you, the, the the foundation and the charity which is which is in the process been set up you're mentioning sort of maybe mindset coaching at some point what's the what 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 does giving back look like for you because i want people to listen to this and go Oh, you know, this is this is this is you know, this is what I want to do. I, you know, I feel that pull. I feel that tug towards something else. I've been in a dark place. I want to be able to sort of, you know, maybe sort of, you know, do. And everyone does it in all shapes and forms. I don't want anyone listening going right. I'm going to be all or nothing like George. Um, I want you know that everyone will do it in their own way. But what does that look like for you? Yeah. So. On the basic level of things, I'm all. I was doing it on Thursdays, but I'm reevaluating it because sometimes it's hard for people to travel to certain places. So I'm going to try and be doing it from a Saturday morning perspective. Is that I do a free, basically come and join me. I call it the mindset movement. Um, come and join me for like a 5k run. Any level is thinking. It's not about going fast. Um, I brought my auntie to it. She's 61 years old. She ran her first I love, ever. I love it. And it was hilarious. It was so funny. But I normally, because I am fit, I run from, I'll start at the back, I'll start at the forwards. Depends on how the groups level out. I'll run backwards, forwards from each group, having a chat, getting people, pushing people, motivating people just to finish that 5K. Yeah. It takes me matter if it takes two hours. It's the point of getting out there and doing it. And then you will progress. And then after that, we do a bit of boxing. So I have my pads there, a few sets of gloves and stuff, do some boxing and we have a nice little chat. So you meet people that are wanting to, to make change. And like I said, with it as well, like I will set a time and a date. So if it, it was seven o'clock on a Thursday at South Kent station to meet, um, but it'll probably change to 10 AM on a Saturday. Um, 
every week it will be. And um, the thing is, I will commit myself to it. Mm. So I will put it out there. If no one turns up, I will still turn up. And, and, and no matter what, if I still turn up, it's pushing myself. So it's giving back to others, but it's then also pushing myself because I'm not going to let no one else down. Yeah, yeah. So I will be there. And if no one turns up, I will go and run my 5K by myself. If they do turn up, we'll have a nice morning and we're going out and we're going to enjoy ourselves. That's one of the forms of me um, of me giving back. Um, regarding the charity, um, it has been had a little bit of a halt, but mm-hmm. I think with the winter coming to the end and the fights that I had, there was I was putting a lot of pressure on myself and I didn't want to burn out. Uh, and it become very overwhelming with yeah. the paperwork and everything that's actually involved with creating yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've still got the funds from the GoFundMe, um, which I've raised about sixteen hundred pounds so with my GoFundMe with my fights and I've done three half marathons last year. Um, which I'm gonna take into the next year. But that itself, I also done last summer. I done a, um, I done a, a park sports day. So I invited everyone, anyone and everyone. I done it. I promoted it on my social media, but mainly a lot of the people from the the local area. I invited everyone over to Battersea Park. I got donated from a fruit and veg shop, uh, loads of fruit and veg. Made sandwiches. So I put a big layout of food mm-hmm. on. Um, I then went and bought and ordered like egg and spoon race, sack race. Yeah. Um, I've done a big sports day for the kids. Adults got involved. Yeah. I'll be looking to do two or three of those probably um, in the new year uh, when the weather gets, when the weather gets back. Um, And depending on how all those go, how those go, depending with the local, um, the local community places, I would like to try and maybe do Easter or Halloween Christmas parties for the kids where it's being funded from either from my charity or the community. Um, And obviously with my charity itself, once I do get the time and put it like I I fully focus just on that, it would be to, to then start creating that charity to raise money so I can start creating community hubs. Like we were saying, where kids can come after school, adults get a respite where the kids don't have to be with their parent um, and kids can be open and talking about life struggles where we're there to support them and encourage them. And also where they could be learning boxing. If they want to be a hairdresser and they're 13 years old and they're like, yeah, I really want to be a hairdresser or not. Look at you learning how to cut hair. Yeah. We're, we're, that was real life things. Whatever you want to be in your life, we will encourage you to to push for those goals. Not like the academic system that there is. Oh, I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go to university. I'm going to be a doctor or this or a that or this. What do you actually want? And and try and channel people through those things. That is my ultimate goal, yeah. and that is my long, long term goal that I want to achieve. Um, because I was never the academic type. I I got. I, 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 can't even, I, I don't even remember what I got in my GCSEs. They were so bad. Um, I, I, like, I would, I'd be over there copying someone else's work, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but physical activities, and, and yeah. if you show me, if you show me how to do something, 
then I will learn that way. Yeah. Like building yeah. something or mechanical or that's I'm a hands-on person. So you show me how to do it and I'll learn doing it like that in the deep end. But if you give me a, a, a textbook to read, it ain't happening, yeah, yeah. And that's you know, that's yeah, that's you know, we could talk about that for for, for hours, couldn't we? About that whole because you know, something some and some of the most successful people in the world, George, are, they're on the same vibe, mate. They're, you know, they're like, show me how to do it, and then I'll go away and do it my my way. It's uh, rather than learning out of a book. I mean, look. I I believe in you. I think you're going to achieve all that and and more. And I, you know, just when I met you, George, I felt a vibe that was kind of like, you know, that you'll create that community and you'll you'll give back. And I and I, I strongly believe that. So you know, um, I wish you all the best, mate. Um, I think it's going to happen for you. And and thanks for coming on today and, and sort of sharing you know, that that part of your journey, that sort of laugh from 2016 to where you are now. I think it's, you know, hoping that it inspires people who might not be in a good place. I'm hoping that it will, people can also sort of, you know, feel that power of sport a bit and in particular boxing because it's, uh, it is, you know, it, it does, it's, you know, it gets people, if you look at the Tony Bellew documentary recently, it gets people out of dark places and I think there's, there's real power in that. So, so, you know, brilliant, George, and thank you so much. Before we wrap up, where can sort of people find you or connect with you and, and, and stuff? So, yeah, um, on my Instagram is prettyboy underscore uh, George. Um, people can connect with me on that. It's an open page so you can see what I've been doing. Also, I also have a page called the Maxine Schwartz Foundation. Again, you can see video clips from my sports day that I've done and some of the running that I've done. Um, I also, I run with, um, a friend, um, called, um, Eric, who does a thing called, um, keep it moving. Yeah. Um, so you can check him out on his website as well. And we do that on kind of Monday night in Battersea Park. Um, and yeah, there will be, there will be the Saturdays, I believe will be the day that I start doing my, um, my runs and boxing again. That would hopefully happen in the next few weeks. Um, and people, anyone from anywhere is welcome to join. Um, and yeah, and um, I'll be fighting again in March as well. So people, if they do start to follow, they will um, they'll be feel free to buy tickets and uh, come yeah. and support. Us, um, in March. Yeah, and that's in the that's in the O2, right? Potentially the next fight. Yeah, in the O2 on the twenty fourth of March. So um, that will be probably my biggest fight to history. Um, I'm currently seven and zero. So I haven't actually lost yet. So there's a lot of pressure for me. Uh, so that will be uh, my eighth fight. Um, I said I'll do ten before I'm forty. That's my goal. I'm already at. I'm already at eight, and I'm only thirty-seven. So right. Okay. So you've got that. You've got that in the bag, right? <laughs> yeah, of yeah. course. Of yeah. Course. Okay. Over me. So so she's driving me to my success right now. Oh, that's beautiful. What a lovely way to, to wrap it up. George, thank you so much. I can't wait to see what happens and how this all pans out. And, um, yeah, thanks for coming on once again and sharing your story. You take care. Thank you. Thank you so much, Justin. Take care. Thank you. Take care.